wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. You don't have to win the game to create success. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOnDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there. Even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today we are on the final chapter, episode number six of six of my series here on the feminization of sports, where it came from, why it happened, how it happened, who caused it, who's in charge of it, what's going on right now, and where it is going, and why you need to give a damn. So before I get into the last three points here, I'm going to point out three things that embody how it has become feminized. I'm going to point out those three, and then we will wrap this whole series up, is, first of all, my daily motivation text every single day. I send out every day free of charge, message guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. If you would like to receive that message for free, straight to your phone every day, just text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. And every day when I send out the daily motivation, you will be receiving it along with everybody else. So let's get right into our points here. We are on point number 16, then 17, 18, and we will be done on this six-part series. And I'm glad you came along the ride for. So three embodying traits are the feminization of sports. The first one is the competition is lesser. People in sports and just athletes in general, I feel like competition is not the end-all be-all for the athlete the way that it used to be. And this, there are practical reasons for this. I'm not saying that the athletes don't want to compete and that they don't want to win, but they have other interests outside of just winning the game now than they used to have. And again, there are very practical reasons for this. One of them being that there are a lot more ways to be seen, heard and known and to make money and to get famous and to create, quote unquote, success aside from just winning the game. I've heard too many times I've heard athletes say things like, well, yeah, I might not win the championship, but there are more important things in life to winning a championship. And I logically agree that that is correct. But at the same time, I want to hear the best player on my favorite team. 
talking about there are other things more important than winning a championship. But what the hell are you playing for if you're trying to basically hedging your bet against the fact that you're showing up and competing every night? I'm thinking you're not putting everything you have into it. I really don't like hearing athletes say that. I like hearing athletes say things like the only thing that matters to me is winning a championship. There was an athlete who said, all these guys are out here focusing on building brands. I'm just trying to win as many championships as possible. Anybody know who said that? Can anybody name the athlete who said that? It was a man, a man with a pretty strong masculine energy who I'd be very interested to know what his thoughts are on the whole Leah Thomas situation, being that he was a notorious father of girls. His name was Kobe Bryant. All I care about is winning as many championships as possible. He cared about the competition. Michael Jordan, I think we all can, I don't even have to quote Michael Jordan. We know all Michael Jordan cared about was winning as much as possible. Here's the thing. With there being so much more money in the game these days, you think about a Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan came in the league, his salary was less than, it was less than a million dollars a year when he first came into the NBA. He did not have this super huge contract. He didn't start getting big contracts till late in his career. Even though Michael Jordan, of course, he made a lot more money off the court than he even made on the court. But Michael Jordan wasn't getting these huge contracts. You got players these days who some of you have never even heard of who are making over $10 million a year playing basketball. And that's because of people like Michael Jordan. But because of the fact that there's more money in the game, there's more fraternizing amongst the players because, first of all, it's easier for the players to contact each other these days than it was back in the day. You had to have somebody's phone number or know where they live. There was no other way to reach them. Now I can reach any player in the league if I just find their Instagram, find their Twitter. I can find their agent. I can find their website. I can find something that they got going on and find a way to that person if I wanted to reach them. So there's a lot more options and ways to fraternize between players now. Also, the players are growing up playing with and against each other in uh, travel teams, maybe on the same school, whatever is going on. And again, through the media, you can follow what's going on with another guy. Whereas not even, what, 25 years ago, you only knew about somebody by name, but you didn't know what they looked like. But nowadays, you know everything about somebody more than even you want to know because we can just get on the internet and get the information. And because there's more branding and business opportunities outside of just playing the sport for anyone who's known, any known entity, this is why we have, hence, influencers, it's not as, I believe, all of those things lead to the fact that it's not as competitive as it used to be. And here's why. Because you don't have to win the game to create success. Again, Michael Jordan said, I wanted to win at all costs because if you didn't win, there was pretty much not much else to go to other than winning in his era, at least early in his era. And anything that came about later in his era is because he created it. Nowadays, a player can, as long as you're in the league and you're known and all these eyeballs are on you, you don't have to win. As long as you're known and people see you and you got nice outfits and you take some good pictures and you got a popping Instagram, well, you don't need to win any games. Like, people know you. Right? Now you go get a branding deal. Right? You don't have to win any game. Nobody even cares what your record is. This is what it is now. I'm not saying this is a negative thing. I think it has lessened competition. If you consider that negative, then okay. But I'm pointing this thing out objectively. So it's not as competitive as it used to be for all of those factors. And I think it's great that, of course, people can connect with each other and be friends. Everybody's making money. And there are many more ways to monetize your stuff and your talents these days than there were even 25 years ago. But at the same time, I like competition. I want to see people playing like, all right, I just need to win this game because there's nothing else that matters besides winning this game. You're not thinking about having a fly outfit when you walk into the arena or how many followers you got on social media, or what people said on Twitter about the game. You just want to win the game. And that's the only thing that matters. I like to see people who are all in on winning and going head-to-head against each other. Let's just see who the better player is. Let's see who the better performer is today. I feel as if winning at all costs, that doesn't exist anymore. Winning at all costs is a 
toxic masculine trait. And I think it's being phased out by so many people so that, again, they're watering it down with the femininity. Not even necessarily negative, but it's a true thing. There are many more ways to win, again, than just the game, which means people don't have to compete in a cutthroat way now because if you don't win, it's okay. I still won. I lost, but I won. I've heard several athletes, again, in losing situations, say something like, well, I'm successful in other areas of life. I got a family. I'm making money. I'm doing things in my community. Winning a championship is not everything. While this is factually true, at the same time, I don't want to hear a player on my favorite team saying some shit like that. Makes me feel as if they don't care that much about winning the game. And I believe that is true. I feel like they don't. Point number 17. Another trait or attribute or result of the feminization of sports is we got a lot of victims now. We got a lot of victims in sports. Sports traditionally makes fun of victims. The area that I come from, we made fun of any victim in or out of sports. But now being a victim in sports is almost like a cool thing to do. Now you have athletes deciding that they're not going to participate in the competition because of mental health issues. And they get branding campaigns to celebrate the fact that they didn't perform when they built themselves up to be the best performer out there. Simone Biles is a gymnast, Team USA showed that she was the best in the world at a previous Olympics. The Not the, the latest one was the 2020 Olympics, but the one before that, 2016, she was great. And she had basically made herself into the best gymnast in the world, female gymnast in the world, leading up to the 2020 Olympics, which ended up happening a year later because of COVID. And she would go out with a uniform that had G-O-A-T, greatest of all time on it. So she embraced this whole label of, I am the greatest of all time at what I do. Now, you walk around calling yourself the greatest of all time at what you do, and then you show up to the biggest event in the thing that you do. Okay, all you got to do is live up to the billing. If she would have lived up to the billing, listen, I would have gave her a standing ovation. Like, yo, she said it, she claimed it, and then she went out there and proved it. I would have co-signed it just as much as anybody else did. But what happened? We all know what happened. Simone Biles, her first movement, her first action in the game, she didn't do too well. And she ended up sitting out the majority of the rest of the event. Didn't even show up for her team. And this is being celebrated like, oh, well, sometimes you have to pause. She has a she has a mental injury. Bullshit. I'm not saying she didn't have a mental injury. I'm not saying that she didn't need the pause. Obviously, she did. But us celebrating this as if this is a cool thing to do. This is the feminization of sports. And it has nothing to do with her being a woman. If a man had did this, I'd be saying the exact same thing. If you look at any scale of feminization and what they call the wounded female, victimhood is at the top of the list. So anyone who would say anything about her, well, she quit. Oh, well, you're attacking her. She's a female. She's black. You can't do it. Well, I'm black. So now they can't use that one against me, but they can use the female one against me. Like This is victimhood. We've seen this with the campaign of victims in sports. We need more black coaches in a league that has produced more black millionaires than any other league in the world, any other job in the world. The players who make the bulk of the money, they're dominating the workforce, but their league is still racist. Makes no sense. Another was a short-lived movement to stop calling the owners of the sports teams owners. I don't know if y'all even heard about this one. There were some basketball players who were pushing this. Draymond Green was one of the guys I heard talking about. He said, we shouldn't call the owners of sports teams owners anymore because then it seems like we're owned property, like we're slaves. And this is the interesting thing about that. A lot of people these days try to co-opt the struggle of the slaves back in the day. But listen, you don't have the mentality of the slaves. See, the slaves weren't walking around talking about how much they were victims. And even post-slavery, how bad it was because Jim Crow era and the fact they weren't civil rights, they weren't complaining and whining and bitching about it the way people do these days. See, the people these days, if the people back in the day who were in slavery and Jim Crow had the mentality of the people these days, 
we wouldn't have the opportunities that we have here today because those people were strong. They didn't bitch and whine about their situation. But people these days want to bring up what happened to those people back then and bitch and whine about their situation from the past. Now, that makes no sense. So I do not buy into this whole we shouldn't call them owners. Now, when a black guy who's an athlete takes his money from sports and goes and starts a business in the offseason, is he the owner of that business? Do we call him a business owner? Of course we do. So not calling the owners owners just because you work there. Well, you do work there and they do own the business. That is what it is. So this one didn't get too much of eggs, but they tried it. Not calling the owners owners because you feel like you're a slave. You don't know what it feels like to be a slave. You make $10 million a year. That's ridiculous. What's funny about that is, again, people try to adopt the struggle and strife of a past generation, yet don't have those people's mentalities. They're picking and choosing what to be victims of. Then you get the soccer and basketball players, the female players, complaining about how much money they're making when the actual data shows that they're getting paid maybe more than they should be getting paid. The women's national soccer team, their sport does not produce the money that the men's sport produces, but they're saying they should be getting a higher percentage of the money. Ridiculous. The WNBA players complaining, and every year there's an article about how the players travel overseas and how it's so hard because they got to go overseas to make money. Like, dude, you're traveling the world and getting paid to play basketball for a living, but you're complaining about it because you're not making more money in the United States playing for a league that would be financially insolvent if it wasn't for the men subsidizing it. That's what you're complaining about. But nobody wants to call them out on this because it's protect all women. But then at the same time, you got a man who decides he's a woman, beats all the women in swimming, and None of these women advocates said a word about it. Y'all help me make sense of this. Point number 18. Last one here is the things that we are seeing that show the feminization of sports that embody the feminization of sports. Number 18, men with no balls whatsoever acting as role models for men in general. As I've said, the entertainers and the athletes are the role models for the masses. When that University of Penn situation happened with Leah Thomas, the man decided he's a woman, goes through the whole season, and nobody stopped it. That was a microcosm of what's going on in the wider world. Men have been emasculated and emasculating themselves for some time. What happened in the sports world is merely a representation of it. What happened with that swimming situation was merely a representation of what's been happening in the wider world for a while. It's only a matter of time for a man decides that he's going to play women's pro basketball or join the women's national soccer team and a woman who should have a job in that league is not going to have a job because that man has a job there. See, it happened in the swimming world and we could pretty much ignore that because a whole bunch of college students, there's not any money involved. And generally on the swim team, I'll look at the UPenn swim team, it's a bunch of white people. So they can't call themselves victims or marginalized. So they got away with it there. But wait until some white guy decides that he's a woman and he wants to play in the WNBA and a black lady can't play now. Or somebody gets booted off the national, women's national soccer team, which has a strong LGBT representation. Then what's going to happen? That's going to happen soon. I want to see what happens when that comes up. Or a man decides he's going to become a boxer. He's going to become a female, but he's a boxer. And then he knocks some woman's head off. What are they going to do then? See, there's been a movement going on so long, for so long, of men who have decided that their role is to stand behind and follow a female, which is not the man's natural role. But now you have men actually trying to be females. It wasn't enough to stand behind a female. Now you got to be one. Again, sports is just a representative of what's happening in the wider world. This is things that are happening in the wider world every single day. When it gets to sports, that's when everybody starts to notice it because that's the eyes and ears of the masses are there. So you could take one isolated incident that's happening at you know, some office building in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It won't go viral, but let it happen in the sports world. Now everybody notices. 
when it happened to entertainment, now everybody's paying attention. That's when the trouble is going to start. And I think that trouble is not far. I'll say within the next 18 months, I think before the end of 2023, something's going to happen in sports with the whole you know, transgender thing with men deciding to be women that people will not be able to ignore. And everybody's going to pay attention and it's going to bring this whole thing to a head. And everything I said in the six part series, you're going to remember it. And I'll remind you, by the way, all that said, everybody, this has been a great six part series. The show continues all right, tomorrow. There will be a new episode of the show. But this has been a great six part series. I like talking through this. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints, criticisms, any of that, send me a text. Here's my number 305-384-6894. And let me recap these points real quick as we wrap this up. Number 16. We're on this part six of six, by the way, of the feminization of sports. Number 16, less competition, more money in the games. There's a lot more ways to be successful other than just winning games. So now I believe people just don't compete as hard as they used to because they frankly don't need to. And they don't, at least they don't see the need to. Point number 17, we got more victims. Now it's cool to be a victim. Now people can decide that they're just not going to compete because they have some kind of mental injury, quote unquote. We used to call that just being a pussy. We used to call that that you just need to toughen up. And we would say it to the women athletes who say it to each other the same way the men athletes who say it to each other. But now that we have mental health now. So now you can't say anything about that because you're disrespecting somebody's mental health. Where at the same time, I didn't even mention this, Ben Simmons, basketball player for the Philadelphia 76ers formerly, he decided that he had mental health issues, didn't want to play for the Sixers all year, didn't play. Finally, he gets traded. Then all of a sudden, you don't hear anything about his mental health anymore as soon as he gets traded. But nobody who's a mental health advocate wants to call him out for his bullshit because the people don't have balls these days. Again, this is the victimhood. Being a victim is like the cool thing to be these days. And I told you about this, how victims became the new dictators. That was in episode number 1888. So what's funny about all of this is that people want to adopt the struggle and strife of the victims, but they don't have the mentality of the people who actually did get victimized. Those people were actually mentally tough because they went through that stuff and they kept going. Whereas nowadays, anybody has anything happen to them, the first thing they want to do is to make a news item out of it and see how much public sympathy they can draw to themselves. And number 18, men with no balls acting as role models for men in general makes no sense. The athletes and entertainers are the role models for the masses. None of the athletes or entertainers said anything when that man decided to become a woman because they were all afraid of the blowback they would get from the LGBT and social media world because these men have no balls. If you had actual balls, you say what's on your mind and you speak up in any situation. It doesn't matter who's going to have an issue with it because you know you have truth on your side. But when you have no balls, then it's not about truth. It's about following the crowd. So a lot of men have been emasculating themselves for some time in the sports world, just a wider picture of it. I predict in the next 18 months before the end of 2023, something's going to happen that cannot be ignored. And now you got men who are, instead of standing behind women, as they're not supposed to be doing in the first place, now they want to be women. So there's something going to come to a head. Check it. For the next year and a half, something's going to happen. And that one won't be ignored. And we'll talk about it when it comes because it's coming. All that said, everybody, 305-384-6894. Text me to get the daily motivation and go to workwhenyourgameuniversity.com. Join me my Bulletproof Mastermind. So you can work with me directly. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.